Hey everybody, it's Jim Wardeman and welcome to iPop where we help you with your life, liberty and the pursuit of your happiness. I am ecstatic. I could jump through the roof to the moon. So excited we have this dynamic woman, Miss Saida Brown, who is the president of the National Council of Women of the United States at the United Nations. I cannot tell you how honored I am that she took time to be with us out of our busy schedule. Saida Brown, welcome. Thank you, Jen. <laughs> you were like, Saida, we could do this over the phone. I was like, uh-uh, girl, we neighbors. I'm coming in. I'm coming to hang out with you for a little while. <laughs> thank you for the invitation. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, thank you. So excited. And so this month is March, Women's History Month, mm-hmm. and we are doing everything about women, all about women here at IPOP. And so I want to miss, uh, miss Saida Brown. I almost want to say Miss Madame President. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's crazy. I, w- the first time I was in my office and someone walked in and they were like, good afternoon, Madam President. Like it took a minute mm. for me to, and I mean, professionally, I am addressed as Madam President, but I get the, shh, turn off the mic. I get the giggles. <laughs> And not giggles because being disrespectful, Mm -hmm. but I get the giggles because I still take the train sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, today I drove in, parked my car in the lot, you know, went to my office and somebody came. I was blessed. Somebody came to visit me and they brought food and Mm. stuff like that. And I got in my car and drove, you know. But there are plenty of times I am on that New York City subway. So I guess because (laughs) I'm a New Yorker. It took a minute. Good afternoon, Madam President. They don't know when you leave, I'm taking off these heels and putting on my sneakers <laughs> and walking to Grand Central Station. Like but, everybody else. Yeah, you know, but I but I honor and I revere my position. So I'm very grateful and grateful to God, to God be the glory, because I am just not that smart. Oh, girl. <laughs> so let's talk about that. You are the president of the yes. National Council of Women of the United States. Can you tell us what that is? What do you do? Should I bow? Like, what am I supposed Girl, to do? Girl, stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so here's the deal. So, base the the gist of what I do is my responsibility is to travel across the entire country and listen to the wants and needs and challenges of women because they vary. They're very. They vary on the wide end of the spectrum. The wants and needs and challenges of women in Massachusetts is very different from the wants, needs, and challenges of women in Mississippi. And so I take that collection of information, um, kind of stored in my head, in my notebook, and then I attend a lot of meetings at the UN and try to develop with a team, of course, because I'm not alone, with a team of what solutions we can bring back to women across America. Mm. So... I cannot, I don't have the human capacity at this point to just address so many on a macro level. Mm-hmm. Um, so we focus on parts of the country. So we're trying to bring broadband internet service to women, rural women in Mississippi. I wow. was traveling in the South and where I was staying was so rural, there was no internet. So I would go to McDonald's at night just to kind of check email before I went to bed. And I would go to McDonald's in the morning to get a cup of coffee and check my emails in the morning. And I found, I was traveling for about a week, that women were bringing their children to McDonald's to do their homework at night. And so that's because they they didn't have internet in the house. And so now if the children are doing their homework at McDonald's, what are they eating for dinner? 
Wow. There you go. So we're trying, we're working with a few corporations to bring broadband internet service to rural women. And rural women, I might add, could be Queensbridge projects as well. So it's not just rural, rural. (laughs) Um, I'm also working um, to get clean water to Flint. That's a huge, huge initiative. Um, you know, I, uh, this is Women's History Month. I will be back in Flint the end of this month. Um, this is not a third world country. Absolutely. <laughs> this is the United States. Wow. And there's this running total. They've been without clean water for over a thousand days. And in February, the last day of February, um, it was shared that the government would stop subsidizing their water bills. So now they have, they're going back to paying full price for water that they cannot ingest. So I'm working on a very unofficial study to study prepubescent girls and their outcome in 10 years. So if you're eight, seven, gotcha. eight, nine years old, okay. you are starting to develop breasts, your period's mm-hmm. going to start soon, but you've been drinking, you've been ingesting contaminated water. What does that look like when they're 18 mm. or when they are in their early 20s and they want to reproduce and the guys wow. could possibly have contaminated semen? because they've been ingesting contaminated water. So what health crisis could this possibly be in 10 years? Because as they were developing, they were ingesting contaminated water. So, I mean, that's the type of work that I do. Wow. That's that. I'm speechless because it's 2017 (laughs) and this isn't um, a foreign land. No, this is not a third world country. This is Flint. Michigan, mm-hmm. and I have my ex- super awesome executive producer with me, Miss hey, Tamika boo. Cody. Hi. He is Just joining us. Pushing today. the buttons, hey, making girl. sure everything works logistically. So, wait a minute. Yeah. Tamika, did you hear that? Yeah, yeah man. It's crazy. I never even thought about. Yeah. Neither did I. So, so how long is this? So you said it's going to last for 10 years. Well, no, I'm doing an unofficial study because I've built relationships with people, with families from Flint. Okay. So they, they're kind of letting me just study and be nosy. Um, it's that's why I said it's an unofficial study, but I'm just I'm inquisitive like that. I was one of those kids in the classroom. It was like, teacher, can we do seven pages of homework instead of four? <laughs> and the whole oh, class goodness. is like, well, you know, but I really want to know, you know, my my encatchment is women, women mm-hmm. and girls across America. How can we talk about? See, here's the thing. We can march mm. and we can burn our bras and we can wear the little knitted pink pussycat hats, you know, that everyone wore. Ain't nobody talking about these girls who are developing breasts, but they've been ingesting contaminated mm-hmm. water for two years. So are you going to, part of this unofficial study, are mm-hmm. we going to be drawing blood or are we just going to be documenting their development stages? I don't know yet. Okay. Um, right now, uh, I was there in September mm-hmm. and I met a lot of families. And so we have monthly calls, like, how are your kids now? What's going on? Have okay. you noticed anything? Mm-hmm. This is unfunded. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I have no money for this. Because remember, it's unofficial. This is Saida being nosy. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure at some point I will be able to get secure funding. funding. Right, Mm -hmm. but I haven't even gone down that road yet because Flint is not the – Flint is a component – one aspect of the work that the National Council of Women does. To me, it's a very important component. You know, let me just say, the challenges of women in America is they want to sit on corporate boards and they want work-life balance. Right. I'm going to just get a little graphic, but not too graphic. In other parts of the world, when you get your monthly cycle, you are relegated to a hut. Oh, yeah. You have to go to this hut, 
And when you finish, because there's nothing but leaves and stuff out there, you know, do the best you can in this hot or cold hut on the outskirts of the village. And then when you finish, you can come back into the village. Well, at this point, many girls have missed days of school. They are now an outcast, they're dirty. So there's such a negative connotation mm. of having a monthly cycle. So here, we're worried about things <laughs> that we worry about. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas other, you know, so, so this was kind of like what we were talking about behind the scenes, that the need for gender equality and, and women's rights and equal access to things is really much greater outside of the United States. Absolutely. So my focus is the U.S., pretty much because that's what I'm responsible for, but I never lose sight. And so I never miss a moment to remind the women here, like easy boo boo, like relax because we're not relegated to a hut. Correct. Correct. Like we can clean ourselves up, go right. to the school nurse. One more thing that we're working on is getting sanitary products in the hands of young girls. So mayor Bill de Blasio, New York city mayor Bill de Blasio did this really awesome thing. He mandated passed a law that women in correctional facilities as well as shelters have access to sanitary napkins and tampons and regardless of what you feel people's personal beliefs mm -hmm. this, mm -hmm. i'm not splitting hairs here but you know some feel that tampons are a little bit cleaner whatever the issue whatever mm -hmm. the thing is mm -hmm. but up until that point they only offered pads and so or sanitary napkins i should say and anything else you had to pay for mm. even in prison yes wow. so now they now they are offered as an alternative to sanitary napkins okay. okay so you know some people feel they're easier to clean and then here's the thing also you know if you're if they're not refreshed and you can't well you know like i don't want to get too graphic but, but absolutely you yeah. know the, the the gist is women are not treated equally on many many levels and so i have to sit every day <laughs> literally every day and try to tackle you know I don't want to be spread thin mm -hmm. because there are so many and I have to pick and choose but really women are just we just have all balls in the air you know I can yeah. pay my PSE&G bill while I'm cooking dinner right. at the same absolutely. time <laughs> absolutely so you know it's it's really a matter of con you know what I live in a space of constant recalibration That's I love the space that. that I live in I love that I am constantly recalibrating because I, every day I have to, what's the priority for today? And it doesn't make Flint or Mississippi or New York City or the Women's March any less important, but it's just a matter of what is going to get the most of my attention that day. And a lot of it is based on news and trends and things that are happening in pop culture and society. And I want to get the organization to a place where we're, we're kind of not like that, but what happens is organizations get stale and right now talk about it people organizations such as mine don't know how to raise money anymore we don't know how to pivot and it's not an indictment against my organization you can even look at the new york times i'll never forget the big debate and tamika you can probably appreciate this when the new york times had to make a decision about instituting a paywall mm -hmm. like like we are living in such uncharted water right absolutely nobody it's like the wild wild west nobody yeah. knows what to do nobody yeah. knows 
what's what. And so organizations like mine, you know, we can say this is what we believe and this is what we're going to do. But if we're selling red shirts every day, if we're only helping people in red shirts, but every woman comes in a blue shirt, what are we going to do? Well, we only work with women with red shirts. So I'm sorry you have on a blue shirt. Like we have to be culturally mindful. We have Mm -hmm. to keep this worldview. We have to be able to keep our finger on the pulse of what's going on and, and be current without looking like we're shifting in the wind every five minutes. I want to intervene right there. I feel like with the current administration. Mm, Girl, we're going to be here all day. (laughs) No, we won't. (laughs) I feel like with the current, uh, well, we are in the current administration, I feel like a lot of us are actually uh, being more responsible and taking Mm. charge of what we want to see change within our community, within our lives. Because, you know, are we allowed to say the T word on the show? 45. 45. Oh, girl. 45. Ooh, just had to touch, clutch my pearls, literally. <laughs> 45. <laughs> Number 45, he is making it very difficult for all of us to live as one. And so people are like, oh, you know, we're very divided, right? But at the same time, this is the opportunity for all of us to do something more and powerful with, within our community, et cetera. What do you think about that? Okay, so I have never said this publicly. Okay. Well, think Uh-oh. about it. Uh, that's why I'm. Pause. That's why I'm. But I'm gonna say it. Brief intermission. I'm. I went into mourning when Hillary Clinton lost. Mm. But, I think we all did. A lot of people did. But I've never said this publicly. I'm almost not happy. Like I'm. I don't feel some kind of way that she didn't win. Mm. Because I'll tell you, we had an agenda. Because we just knew she was gonna win. Like mm-hmm. everybody knew oh, she was gonna win. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, our agenda was thin compared to what our agenda is now. Talk about it. Like we were, okay, we're going to get our first woman president. We are going to break that glass ceiling. We are going to have women on corporate boards. Hmm. I can't honestly say, like now that 45 won, women are like, Fired up and ready to yes, go. I think absolutely. more than and what it's so. So let me break it down on the political level. Right. I have always said if people knew the difference between the legislative, executive, and judicial branches of the government, they would have known that the things that he was saying, he could not do. Mm-hmm. We have more women run. <laughs> hallelujah. We have more women running for public office now. We have record-setting numbers of women running for office. Mm. I'm working with the National Women's Political Caucus, mm-hmm. the New York City chapter, Sharon Nelson, lover, to do training classes of how to get women to raise money, start their campaign, and run for office. I don't think that would have happened had she won. You know, I agree. That's a good, that's a no, really good point. I agree. And I think, I think as much as I didn't want 45 to win, right? I, I, I did not <laughs> want him to win at all. Welcome to the club. But his win awaked a sleeping giant. Yes. And what I think it did, it made a lot of people more aware. And the people, the millions of people who just assumed she was going to win and didn't vote, that stayed home, realized they made a grave mistake. Mm -hmm. And now everyone's trying to get involved. That's why we saw the women's protests so Mm -hmm. powerful in numbers. Not... Just across America, mm-hmm. around the world, Girl, around Antarctica. the world. Who lives there? <laughs> I was like, Antarctica. The world. What? Who is it's protesting freezing. in yeah. Antarctica? Yeah. It's freezing. So, so I think, so I think that this whole movement 
is something that we needed. I think uh, the American people needed to wake up. And they needed to see. So please forgive me for. Absolutely. Go ahead. I think I was with someone today in my office from Ethiopia. And she said, all they do is ask her, how did the Americans let that happen? Like other countries are looking at us. See, oh, yes. here's, here's the issue. See, y'all shouldn't have gave me the mic. <laughs> Talk about global issues. So, he, about so here's the issue. Americans have a fundamental problem thinking that we are better than everybody mm-hmm. else. That's mm-hmm. true. Let's start. That's the premise. We are better. We're a superpower. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Right. We're pretty awesome. I'm an American. I have a Muslim name, but I was born in Jersey people. Right. So we speak English. You are hard pressed to find students on any grade level that speak more than English. And half of them don't even do that very well. My kids included. So let me just say that. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I get another text message with I-I-G-H-T for I, like whatever. I, okay. Girl. <laughs> but, but, but half of them can't even get that correctly. Right. The rest of the world, they know their language. They know English and probably one. I met a guy from Chad. He speaks fluently five languages. Wow. Five. Cinco. One, two, three, four, five languages mm-hmm. fluently. And so they're look. See, America paints the rest of And I can say this because I'm at the UN. So mm-hmm. I'm saying this with credibility. Other people look at America and don't, and mm, he says that they're laughing at us. I wouldn't go so far to say that, but mm-hmm. they're they're really looking at us like you only speak one language. Mm-hmm. But we are mm-hmm. so wrapped up in Super Bowl and Beyonce's twins yes. and Kim Kardashian and, and Kanye media. with his blonde hair. Like yeah. we're missing gossip. it. We're missing it. And so when I had a young student from Sweden, she wanted to intern. She was 22 years old, and if we gave her an internship, she was going to be with me for the summer. But you're 22. Like, I'm just going to come to America and intern for the summer. I said, where are you going to live? I'll find a place. Meanwhile, I I had an intern from here, from a CUNY school. And she said, well, I really wanted to intern for Hot 97. I said, first of all, it's MS Communications. Let's start there. But, like, it was so jarring. Mm -hmm. And so getting back to the point about women in 45, we have to remain ever mindful that the rest of the world is wondering, how did we let this happen? Like, how did you, you guys are supposed to be so smart and so brave. So they come to us with speaking three and four languages because they come from a, Mm. a, a village with dirt roads revering us. And they're like, you guys are so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right. How did you let this happen? Yeah. Wow. But it's true. Wow. It's re- I see it. And so it's very disheartening. But so getting back to my ode to Mrs. Clinton, I love her. But I really don't know if women would have been this invigorated and like spiteful and ready mm. if she had won. Because I know we weren't. We were like, hey. We were going to be partying for the next four years. I'm serious. Mm-hmm, like, we're going to ride this out. We're, you know, all going to invest in some cool pantsuits, which I do have on one now. <laughs> <laughs> and rock out and celebrate. Just but a it, quick note. I think that she could create a clothing line now. And it <laughs> yes, probably would work. actually work. But let me work. But let me ask you this. So, since 45 won... <laughs> That's can so you can you talk about the changes that you've seen at the UN and uh, because I'm I'm assuming it's changed I'm I'm sh- I'm sure that the the energy is different I mean what what changes are you seeing as you travel internationally as well as domestic what are you seeing um, since 45 has taken office 
Okay, so let's start here. It was starting before he even took office. <laughs> Last December, there were grumblings. Not this past December of 16, December of 15, when he mm. was a candidate. I didn't think he was going to win, and I thought it was a joke. And there was a small smidgen of people that were like, this is not a joke, and this is not funny, and he is going to win. I'm like, yo, y'all are bugging. Mm. This is impossible. You know, that's when my Jersey City side comes out, right. yo, y'all are bugging. And there were grumblings of what if. And nobody could fathom the what if because we were like, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. And it started happening. It started happening. And so I will share this. The United Nations hosts an event called CSW, which is, stands for the Commission on the Status of Women. The event is held for 10 working days every March, Women's History Month. So for 10 working days... Thousands of women from all around the world, like really all around the world, um, attend workshops, events. Um, it's not really in a, a, a CSWs where there's galas and stuff like that. It's, you know, the meetings start eight in the morning and sometimes go to eight, nine, ten o'clock at night. Okay. And so, you know, we have a side event. So all, a lot of nonprofits host side events. So the women register. Um, some women, their governments sponsor them or their their nonprofits mm-hmm, cover mm-hmm. their expenses because it's quite expensive to attend CSW. You have to imagine if you're coming from Malawi, you have to pay oh, your absolutely. airfare and then you have to Hotel. get housed. Absolutely. So it's very, very expensive. So when the women come, they really don't have a lot of money, but they come because that's their opportunity to present their challenges in their country to a mass body of women. So this year is our 61st session. Well, I received an email not too long ago that said one of the largest women's organizations is pulling out of CSW in solidarity for women that cannot or will have difficulty Mm. attending CSW because of 45's travel ban. And what makes it worse Mm. is... You know, I have a contact at a hotel and he called like, hey, Saida, you know, do you still need these rooms? What's going I mean, really lighthearted. I was like, well, see, what had happened was, <laughs> <laughs> let me holler at you for a minute. Right. And had to just say, you know, you can let my rooms go. You know, we may only need a few because I don't know how many rooms we'll need. And he was basically like, mm, oh, I'm like, what? So clearly we were not the first, like there's, it's starting to have a ripple effect. Wow. So this is New York City oh near Grand Central Station. Oh my. That this, you know, because people are now canceling their travel plans. And it's not actually just the people that are coming from the banned countries. It's the catering companies. It's, it's the economy. It's everything. Every, well, all the money even, that's involved. Even bigger than that. I don't know if I, you don't know if you'll get caught in limbo. So because he's doing things so off the cuff, I will be a little less, I would be a little more reluctant to book a trip to come to the United States mm-hmm. in June mm-hmm. because he may wake up tomorrow and say, okay, people from ABC country, you yeah. can't come. Yeah. I've just spent $10,000 for me and my 10 kids, mm-hmm. you know, whatever to come to the United States. Mm-hmm. That's so true. So people are like, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, and it's, whoa. it's already happening in other countries. Yeah. Um, I have friends over in Europe from Germany mm-hmm. and they were supposed to come and visit in March. Mm-hmm. And they called and were like, we're canceling because mm-hmm. of all the fiasco that 
Trump is doing. I was like, but you have a, you know, you have a visitor's visa. Why are you guys? And they're like, no, we just don't want to get caught in the limbo. And so what's going, it's starting to impact. And right now it's impact, right this moment, it's impacting the travel industry. Mm -hmm. But you have to imagine. So here's what's going to happen. When people come to a hotel, I used to work in a hotel. When people come to a hotel, there are a whole lot of people that make money off of a guest. Yes. You have the front desk, you have the porters, you have the bellmen, you have the maids, you have the workers in the restaurant, you have the concierge. So when people mm. don't travel, it impacts, you know, that's why they, they, they put their finger to the wind and look at the travel and tourism industry and real estate. Because if people are not traveling or buying property, Absolutely. that is a huge red flag. And so now, you know, people are pulling out of, you know, this group. And we don't know, you know. Do you think potentially more countries might? I, we need to ask one of 45's people because I don't even think they know. And by the way, but SNL they never is know doing anyway. hilarious. Oh, things. SNL is doing. Oh my gosh. Did you see? I'm Spicer, just saying, did you see Spicer uh, and Melissa? Yes, yes oh. Melissa McCartney. Come on. Oh my gosh. Like I sit there. Okay, so first of all, I go to bed early. Mm -hmm. So I can never say it for SNL. So before I go to church on Sunday, <laughs> I watched last night's SNL. And my husband's already gone for work. And I'm laughing so hysterically. Like, I'm sure all of my neighbors can probably hear me laughing because it's that hysterically funny. But, you know, it's just unfortunate. And, and I will say this. Stores have been pulling the brands. So this may not work out very well for you, number 45. Mm -hmm. And it affects everything. And so I think what we're beginning to see with 45, and we don't want to stay here at no, all. No, absolutely not. We don't want to give him this much. <laughs> Play. We gave but, them way too much time. But it's true. But but I think it, we have to look at the effect. impact, especially on women and mm -hmm. women's issues. Mm -hmm. And women's issues. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's a ripple effect. So one band that seems so, in his mind, innocent, affects tourism. And of it affects course. everything. Yep. And that affects the people who service those And industries. the buying power of these people. You know, the, the lowest paid people, which hotels are a service industry, the lowest paid people are the ones that spend the money. Yeah. They, they make, you know... 20 bucks, 15 bucks an hour with tips or whatever it is. You know, when you factor in tips, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. But New York City, they have unions and things. But if they're, if guests are not coming in, that impacts their buying power. And it is actually contracting our GDP because money is not being put in from external places. So if people from Geneva and UK are not coming to the United States to spend money, that means the only money we have in circulation is from the people here. That's the problem. Mm. That is an issue. So then, okay, so oh, that that's such an issue, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm speechless. So let me so let me ask you this, kind of kind of shifting gears just mm -hmm. a little bit sure. here. So we we understand who you are mm -hmm. and, and what you're doing, but can you talk to us about you? I love <laughs> in purpose on purpose just to learn about our guests, and so just quickly give people a little bit about who you are, where you come from, and how you arrived in this position and in, in, into this place of purpose because I don't think it's by accident. No, I, I will say this. And this is a very important piece of my story. I was a teenage mother. So I, I have to share that to encourage other moms who are now yes. wasn't like a 13 or 14. I was, you know, my first son was born between my senior year of high school, and my freshman year of college, but I was still 18. Mm -hmm. So I still, I still qualify as a teenage mom. But I need to let women know your past cannot dictate your future. Oh, That's yes. like so like we have this guilt 
that we just wear, like this coat of guilt, this heavy black wool coat mm -hmm. of guilt. I need a spring jacket with flowers on it. You know, Absolutely. so what? I was a yes. teenage mother. Talk about and it. my grandmother, God bless her, she, our family, you're an embarrassment and you're this. And, you're, and I'm like, what? Like, you mean to tell me I was the only person in this family to get pregnant <laughs> as a teenager and now i will say i've been with my husband for many many years over 25 years but the point is this you're talking about living on purpose mm -hmm. i just knew that if i kept having children and making decisions that were contrary to the way i was raised this train is going in the wrong direction mm -hmm. fast mm -hmm. and so I just tried to make right decisions every time I had to make a decision. That's good. And so it was not that I made this life plan and this is because that was not the case. But every time I had to make a decision, I tried to always do the right thing. And so you keep trying to do the right thing even if it seems like the right thing that you think ends up being the wrong thing, it probably is going to be the right thing. And I'm probably confusing people by saying <laughs> no. that, but I just believe there's really almost, almost no wrong way to do things because it'll, it'll it, steer who you are today. It yeah. Is still right. help you but I, I think the biggest thing was I was very, you know what? Bust it. This is how it was. She said, bust it. I, I had to stop. <laughs> that is so New York, New Jersey, America. Bust it. Bust like, she's a bust it. I am here and I'm here to stay. Love it. I, you know, the reality is I just was cognizant and I paid attention to my life. I think that's what I had to do. I paid attention to my, I didn't let just, I didn't just drift. Mm, I good. paid, I was awake. I was alert. I paid attention and I've said that to my children. You have to be actively involved in your life. And so I did, but in that awareness and in that cognizance of paying attention to my life, that's where I believe the right decisions came from. But I paid attention. You mm. know, if I get a letter in the mail, I'm gonna give you a perfect example. I had a Sears credit card. <laughs> this is a perfect example, many years ago. and. I did not pay the bill because I didn't understand credit that well. My parents just said, don't get a credit card. Okay. Okay. I got one. Now <laughs> what? And I fell behind and I didn't, you know, I want to do the right thing. So I called Sears and I said, listen, I fell behind. I'm pregnant. You know, I wasn't working. I was waiting probably for disability or whatever. And they said, this is how you pay us, blah, blah, blah. So I went, wrote a check and paid my Sears bill. And I you know, but prior to that, I was receiving letters in the mail, you know, your, your bill is late, your bill is late, your bill is late. So finally, when they said they were going to send it to collections, that's when I decided to be proactive. And I put proactive in air quotes, because I had already been receiving letters. And so when I paid the bill, I wrote a check. About a week or two weeks later, I received a letter in the mail that said, you know, this $416 has been debited from your account to pay a creditor. And I'm like, I don't understand. <laughs> like I'm 22, 23 years old. I don't get this. So I went to the bank and the bank was like, oh, your money's gone. <laughs> Excuse you, I'm going to have a baby. All I had to my name was $416. Well, what happened was when I wrote the check to Sears, I don't think they can do this now, but when I wrote the check to Sears, they somehow did some type of a judgment and they 
took the money out of my bank account to pay my credit card bill. Mm. Again, I don't know if they can do this now, but they did that then. Mm. Trust me, they did it. Yeah, they can't do that now. Well, they Mm. did it. And I didn't know until the money was gone. But the point I'm trying to make is that was such a lesson. Pay attention to your life. Had though I paid attention to the first, the Mm -hmm. second, the third, maybe, like I don't even know how many letters they sent. But if I had not kicked the can down the road and maybe made those pay- now I'm in a now I'm in a catastrophic situation because all I had to my name was $416 and it's gone and I'm having a baby in like a month or two and so I mean it was it was a it was a dire catastrophic situation at that age to take my last $416 but if I was paying attention to my life and not just blowing it off and tried to make those arrangements at letter one, that probably would not have happened. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of times things happen to us in life. We were talking about say yes to life. Say yes to opening your mail and dealing with your life situations. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we shove stuff to this. I ain't dealing with that. I'll pay that later. I ain't think about them people. Got things that I've got to be, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that story is that we tell ourselves, that was foolishness. And so me not having any money, I'm like, oh, now what am I going to, and, 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 and then I convinced myself that they were wrong. I How called them, I paid this bill, How did, and, and then, you know, you go to your friends, girl, you know, they can't be taking your money like that. Wait a minute. They just wanted the money that I charged on my credit card. Right. It's not their fault. Mm-hmm. But the point is I started paying attention to my life. I look at everything, I pay attention, I see what's going around. And the only word I can really think of is I'm cognizant. And so that's how I ended up being on purpose, being on purpose at the UN. I saw opportunities. I said, yes, I paid attention. I took calculated risks. And next thing I knew, I was the president. And now she's the president. Yeah. So, Madame President, so on this ending note, so let me tell us this to, to all of the women that may be listening. Give give them some word, uh, some words of wisdom or, or advice um, that, you know, we just learned from you, right? Pay attention. Mm-hmm. S- stay awake. Mm-hmm. Be cog- say yes. Say yes. Um, be cognizant. Mm-hmm. But from your position as Madame President, mm-hmm. What kind of inspiring words or information could you give us in the times that we live in with everything that you see? You know, I think the biggest thing I really want to say to women is you have to say yes to your own life. And, you know, I, I've said that and I and I hope that you use it mm-hmm. and, and, and hammer that message home because I wake up afraid all the time one of those things i probably should not be saying on the air yeah. but i'm saying it oh well too, but oh, see well. that's the thing too i'm not living in a lie okay <laughs> i have a big position that's a big responsibility and i wear pretty suits and fabulous shoes and nice bags but that doesn't mean that some days don't scare me absolutely like it's real but i said mm-hmm. yes and i said yes it was a calculated yes but i said yes and I, and for me the the hardest part was finding a network of women to support me and so one thing i learned and i hate to say it is everybody can't go with you that's true <laughs> got some people to the curtain uh, you could stay there all day yeah i had to I, I, that's another topic it is it is yes. and I, I i definitely am not going down that road but i <laughs> I had to. You had to some, make some decisions, yeah. decisions. and they let were, some people they were go. Very painful. They were painful, 
but they were purposeful. Eggs. See, thank you, Jen. <laughs> painful, but per- painful, but purposeful. That's a hashtag. Yeah, let's hashtag. We're gonna that hashtag. Put that. it on a T-shirt. Wait, say that again. Painful, painful but purposeful. But purposeful. I wish somebody had said that, and I don't want to cry because I've had to make some mm. really, really heart wrenching and tough decisions, and I mm. needed to see that Saida, this is painful, but it's purposeful. purposeful. Mm-hmm. Amen. And and you know, and I think a lot of the times uh, you kind of touched on a little earlier, we struggle with doing a good thing versus the right thing. Yes. And a lot of the times that's why the painful parts of our life don't feel purposeful in that moment. Right. And so I think it's just understanding and staying awake, being cognizant, Mm -hmm. recalibrating every day and understanding that, you know what? It's okay for me to feel like that. I, I don't have all the answers, Yep. but I will continue to move forward. Yep. And understand that it will be okay, no matter what happens. So, Madam President, where can people find you? Where can they reach awesome. out to you for speaking engagements? She has oh, a yeah. plethora of books. <laughs> okay, she has a plethora, a plethora of books. She's available for speaking engagements. If yes. you're having any event, I'm telling you, this is the woman that you need to have. So where can we find you? Um, you can go to my website, my personal website, cybrown.com, which is S-A-I-B-R-O-W-N-E.com. Or you can just go to nationalcouncilofwomen.org. Um, so, you know, I, I, I want to demystify what the United Nations is and let all women and particularly women of color, people of color know that you are welcome at the United Nations. And hopefully, you know, people will become inspired and take a tour and really see what the second most powerful building in this country has to offer. Excellent. Awesome. Well, America, that was Madame President Miss Saida Brown, President of the National Council of Women of the United States of the United Nations. It was such an awesome time today. <laughs> Thanks, we learned Jen. so much. We kind of just talked a little bit. And I feel like she even pushed us a little bit as women to do better in this season of 45. And so I think um, that if you aren't alert, If you aren't cognizant, and if you have been sleeping, it's time to wake up. Until next time, I'm Jim Waterman. Peace.